Welcome to Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com. In today's episode of Frontline Health, we're exploring the different types of sweeteners and their effect on our bodies and what the best way is for you to satisfy that sweet tooth. We'll help you make an informed decision regarding sweeteners and educate you on the difference between sugar, artificial sweeteners, and sugar alcohols. But before we dive into the details, remember to subscribe to Frontline Health on your favorite podcast platform to stay up to date on our latest podcast releases. So let's get started, and let's start with sugar. We consume a lot of sugar in the United States, and that's probably an understatement. American adults consume an average of 77 grams of added sugar per day, which equals about 60 pounds per year. And our kids eat even more at 81 grams per day or close to 65 pounds of added sugar per year. So how does that actually stack up with the American Heart Association recommendations? Well, they actually suggest getting about six teaspoons or 24 grams per day for women and 36 grams for men. So we're almost three times the level that the American Heart Association recommends. Clearly, we like our sugar in the United States. We know that sugar and sweet foods should be eaten in moderation, but why don't we? Nutritionally, sugar doesn't have much to offer you in terms of your health. There aren't any nutrients in it, no vitamins, no protein, and none of the good things that help keep our bodies functioning at their best. However, what sugar does have going for it is that it lights up our nervous system. Eating sugar has been shown to release dopamine in our bodies, and that is the feel-good chemical that brings on pleasure, that same one that's released when drug addicts take their drug of choice, which may explain why we have such an issue with eating too much sugar. But for most of us, we aren't even aware of our sugar intake, because the problem in our culture is really with added sugars, not natural sugars. A lot of fruits are high in natural sugars. That's what makes things like mangoes, bananas, pineapples, grapes, cherries taste so sweet. But our bodies don't process natural sugars as quickly as they do added sugars or artificial sweeteners. So eating natural sugars doesn't give you that same roller coaster effect. Added sugars are digested quickly, so you don't feel full after eating them. Natural sugars, on the other hand, offer up that bit of sweetness and fiber, which helps fill up your stomach. And you can enjoy them without them lighting up the centers of your brain that leave you wanting more and more because you have a satiated feeling. And you know, I've mentioned added sugar a few times now and just want to be clear on exactly what that means. It means any sugars that are added to food during preparation processing, or while you're sitting at the table eating. So raw fruits, vegetables, nuts, and meats would not count towards added sugars. However, it could include the following. Any form of sugar, including table sugar, invert sugar, coconut, turbinado, raw, and brown sugars. It can include syrups like maple syrup, corn syrup, high fructose 
corn syrup, and malt syrup. It also includes honey, molasses, sucrose, dextrose, and sugars from concentrated fruit of vegetable juices. Agave nectar, evaporated cane juice, maltose, crystalline fructose, and cane crystals. But where do we find most of these added sugars? The worst culprit is really in our drinks, soft drinks, fruit drinks, and sports and energy drinks. But we can also find them in our desserts and sweet snacks, which really makes sense, in our coffees and teas, in candies, in our breakfast cereals and breakfast bars, sandwiches, higher fat milks, yogurts, and lots of tomato sauces and salad dressings even. If you start looking at the labels of the foods you buy, you can see how quickly the sugars add up. So now that you know a little bit more about how much we eat and where we get most of the sugar in our diets, why is it such a big deal? Well, I know a lot of us have heard that sugar is a problem for our health, but most of us, including me, tended to think that it surrounded those empty calories and its contribution to obesity which it certainly plays a large role, no pun intended, in obesity. But studies have shown it's so much more than just obesity, and that's why we're talking about it on this episode of Frontline Health. Sugar can have an absolutely devastating effect on our health. Studies have shown it's the driver of so many diseases such as diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, cholesterol. It's shown to reduce the good cholesterol and increase the bad. Cancers. It seems to accelerate the growth of cancers. Dementia. It's actually sometimes, dementia is sometimes nicknamed the type 3 diabetes. It's involved in stroke, depression, infertility, chronic inflammation, and it's two and a half times more likely to develop a fatty liver if you're consuming a lot of uh, sugary foods. And if you consume more than six servings of soft drinks per week, there was an 83% higher risk of liver cancer. So the evidence is clear. Sugar, especially added sugars, can be absolutely devastating to your health. So if sugar is that bad for our health, what about the alternatives? Are we better off to drink that diet drink with artificial sweeteners? While it seems to make a lot of sense to get all the sweetness without any calories, let's take a deeper dive and understand the possible consequences. So what are artificial sweeteners? Artificial sweeteners are compounds that are designed to taste like sugar, but with very few calories. Most have fewer than three calories per teaspoon, compared to one teaspoon of sugar, which has about 16 calories. You can buy artificial sweeteners as a sugar substitute for baking and cooking, which allows you to reduce the calories of many of the desserts that we enjoy, while not losing that sweet flavor that we're looking for. Some of the most common artificial sweeteners, they include saccharin, also known as sweet and low, aspartame, which is equal, and sucralose, which is what we usually see as Splenda. The U.S. FDA and other health agencies around the world have considered these artificial sweeteners safe for human consumption, but evidence is actually mounting that suggests otherwise. 
First, we know that artificial sweeteners give you that sweet taste our bodies are wired to crave, much like sugar. Yet these artificial sweeteners can be up to 700 times sweeter than sugar. The result is they completely bombard your nervous system with that dopamine-releasing sweetness, and it creates the same addiction as sugar. So it seems both artificial sweeteners and regular sugar are addictive. But the research shows that long-term use of artificial sweeteners may actually be even more detrimental to your body. Much like we discussed with sugar, research has shown that consuming artificial sweeteners is linked to the following health conditions. Obesity, hypertension, metabolic syndrome disorder, type 2 diabetes, increased cancer risk, increased kidney kidney disease risk, and in addition, a recent study out of France and published in the BMJ in 2022 showed that artificial sweeteners were linked to a 9% higher risk of any type of cardiovascular problem, including heart attacks, and an 18% greater risk of stroke. Aspartame, or equal, is one of the most common kinds of artificial sweeteners and is often found in diet sodas, light yogurts, sugar-free desserts, and more. You may actually recognize it as the sweetener in the blue packet when you go out to eat at a restaurant. And research has shown a connection between aspartame and health conditions like obesity, diabetes, early menstruation, mood disorders, mental stress, depression, and autism when consumed during pregnancy. It should also be avoided by people who have migraines or seizure disorders, as well as people who are pregnant because of that autism potential autism link. What about Splenda or sucralose? It's a little different from other artificial sweeteners, and it's a relative newcomer to the scene. It was actually created in 1992. While most others are chemically manufactured, Splenda is derived from sugar which means it tastes more like regular sugar, though it is about 600 times sweeter. It's commonly found in foods like yogurt, candies, and ice cream, and and has really started to take the place of a lot of the aspartame that's out there, or aspartame diet drinks that are out there. And Splenda, when they're making it, actually starts out as sugar, but is altered to pass through your body more quickly which means it doesn't get stored in your blood and it doesn't affect your blood sugar in the way that sugar does. But that alteration is actually what makes Splenda a little more dangerous. To create Splenda, some of the sugar molecules are swapped out for chlorine. And chlorine isn't something that you really want to be consuming on a regular basis. So the third class of sweeteners, sugar alcohols, are sometimes referred to as artificial sweeteners as well, but they are not the same thing. For one, you can't buy sugar alcohols to substitute for baking, but they are used by food manufacturers. There's a wide range of sugar alcohols that manufacturers use to sweeten foods, but what exactly are these sugar alcohols? Well, the name itself is a little misleading because they contain no sugar or alcohol. They're actually a type of carbohydrate and have a chemical structure that's similar to sugar and popular in foods because they stimulate the tongue's sweet taste buds without adding sugar or calories. 
This allows food companies to use them so that they can market their foods as low-carb, sugar-free, diabetes-friendly, or keto-friendly without sacrificing taste. Though some of these do occur naturally in foods, most sugar alcohols are found in packaged food that are found in packaged foods are man-made and manufactured. Some of the most common sugar alcohols that you'll see include xylitol, which is often used in chewing gum and is about the same sweetness level as sugar. Erythritol, which is about 60 to 80% as sweet as sugar, and it comes from things like pears, soy sauce, and watermelon. Sorbitol, which is about half as sweet as sugar and is naturally found in apples and pears, and maltitol, which is about 75, 75% as sweet as sugar and comes from corn syrup. Sugar alcohols do have some benefits over regular sugar, including it has fewer calories by about half. Sugar has four calories versus two per gram. It's easier on blood sugar management. So unlike regular sugar, sugar alcohols don't cause huge blood sugar spikes, which is a great thing if you're diabetic. It also has less dental risk because sugar alcohols don't react to dental plaque the way sugar does, which means they can't contribute to tooth decay. They have fewer carbs. Sugar alcohols can fit into a low-carb diet because they're much lower in carbs and have a lower glycemic index than regular forms of sugar. Unfortunately, there are also some downsides to sugar alcohols. Sugar alcohols have long been considered a safe addition in our diets in moderation. Studies have shown that about 10 to 15 grams a day of sugar alcohols are safe. However, some of the side, effect, side effects of sugar alcohols can include gastrointestinal issues. Your, our bodies can't fully digest sugar alcohols, which can often lead to some unpleasant GI symptoms. Because once it's in your intestinal tract, sugar alcohol is fermented by that clinic bacteria that's inside our bodies. When that happens, it releases gas, which can lead to bloating, cramps, pain, and diarrhea, and they usually happen pretty soon after you eat them. In a 2006 British study, researchers gave partic participants doses of sugar or one or two types of sugar alcohols, either xylitol or erythritol. Those individuals that took xylitol reported bloating, gas, upset stomach, and diarrhea. Erythritol appeared to have milder effects on the stomach and only saw increases in nausea and gas when it was consumed in large doses. Besides the GI issues, it can have a laxative effect, and it seems to be more common in kids and adults who have irritable bowel syndrome or are having some kind of GI flare-up from Crohn's disease. Third, it's actually been shown to have weight gain. Sugar alcohols are low in calories and carbs, but they're not totally free of them. So it is still possible to gain weight when you're eating those foods that contain sugar alcohols. And typically because they we have a mindset that these things are lower in calories and carbs, we eat more uh, than we should. So now that we know about these sweeteners, what should we do? First, what form should we use? As you've heard, none of the forms in excess are great. 
but sugar is better for us than artificial sweeteners. Natural sugars are the best choice for us when we need something sweet. Cherries, strawberries, apples, bananas, blueberries, or any other fruit are always great choices to help satisfy that sweet craving that we may be having. We can also look to some sugar alternatives that don't carry the same risk as artificial sweeteners do, such as molasses, uh, Maple syrup, coconut sugar, raw honey itself, but remember not to give it to infants under 12 months of age, and stevia, as well as monk fruit, which is a new one. Second, you can start limiting packaged foods and get into the habit of reading the labels of the foods that you eat. As we mentioned earlier, most of our issue is not with sugar itself, but instead with added sugars in those pre-packaged or processed foods. Remember, foods labeled as low calorie, no calories, low sugar, or no sugar added could be a warning that they contain artificial sweeteners. Also, keep in mind that foods you may not think of as sweet can contain a lot of sugar alternatives, such as salad dressing, salad dressings, pasta sauce, cheese, crackers, and so many others. Third, you need to remember that sweet and sugary foods should be a treat, not an everyday thing. And remember, no artificial sweetener can actually turn an unhealthy food into a healthy one. So eat those sweets in moderation. Well, that concludes today's episode of Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com. If you'd like to learn more about optimizing your health, head over to centurionlabs.com or subscribe to the Frontline Health Podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, go out today and take ownership of your health because no one cares more about your health than you. Until next time, take care and stay healthy.